0: One chapter three section eight of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter three section eight i did not find shatov at home i ran round again two hours later he was still out at last at eight o'clock i went to him again meaning to leave a note if i did not find him again i failed to find him his lodging was shut up and he lived alone without a servant of any sort i did think of knocking at captain lebyadkin's down below to ask about shatov but it was all shut up below too and there was no sound or light as though the place were empty i passed by lebyadkin's door with curiosity remembering the stories i had heard that day finally i made up my mind to come very early next morning to tell the truth i did not put much confidence in the effect of a note shatov might take no notice of it he was so obstinate and shy cursing my want of success i was going out of the gate when all at once i stumbled on mr kirillov he was going into the house and he recognized me first as he began questioning me of himself i told him how things were and that i had a note let us go in said he i will do everything i remembered that liputin had told us he had taken the wooden lodge in the yard that morning in the lodge which was too large for him a deaf old woman who waited upon him was living too the owner of the house had moved into a new house in another street where he kept a restaurant and this old woman a relation of his i believe was left behind to look after everything in the old house the rooms in the lodge were fairly clean though the wallpapers were dirty in the one we went into the furniture was of different sorts picked up here and there and all utterly worthless there were two card tables a chest of drawers made of elder a big deal table that must have come from some peasant hut or kitchen chairs and a sofa with trellis-work back and hard leather cushions in one corner there was an old-fashioned icon in front of which the old woman had lighted a lamp before we came in and on the walls hung two dingy oil paintings one, a portrait of the Tsar Nicholas I, painted apparently between 1820 and 1830. The other, the portrait of some bishop. Mr. Kirillov lighted a candle and took out of his trunk, which stood not yet unpacked in a corner, an envelope, sealing wax, and a glass seal. Seal your note and address the envelope. I would have objected that this was unnecessary, but he insisted. When I had addressed the envelope, I took my cap. I was thinking you'd have tea, he said. I have bought tea, will you? I could not refuse. The old woman soon brought in the tea, that is, a very large teapot of boiling water, a little teapot full of strong tea, two large earthenware cups, coarsely decorated, a fancy loaf, and a whole deep saucer of lump sugar. I love tea at night, said he. I walk much and drink it till daybreak. Abroad, tea at night is inconvenient you go to bed at daybreak always for a long while i eat little always tea Liputin's sly but impatient i was surprised at his wanting to talk i made up my mind to take advantage of the opportunity there were unpleasant misunderstandings this morning i observed he scowled that's foolishness that's great nonsense all this is nonsense because lebyadkin is drunk i did not tell liputin but only explained the nonsense because he got it all wrong liputin has a great deal of fantasy he built up a mountain out of nonsense i trusted liputin yesterday and me to-day i said laughing but you see you knew all about it already this morning liputin is weak or impatient or malicious or he's envious the last words struck me you've mentioned so many adjectives however that it would be strange if one didn't describe him or all at once yes and that's what liputin really is he's a chaos he was lying this morning when he said you were writing something wasn't he why should he he said scowling again and staring at the floor i apologised and began assuring him that i was not inquisitive he flushed he told the truth i am writing only that's no matter we were silent for a minute he suddenly smiled with the childlike smile i had noticed that morning he invented that about heads himself out of a book and told me first himself and understands badly but i only seek the causes why men dare not kill themselves that's all and it's all no matter how do you mean they don't dare are there so few suicides very few do you really think so he made no answer got up and began walking to and fro lost in thought what is it restrains people from suicide do you think i asked he looked at me absent-mindedly as though trying to remember what we were talking about i I don't know much yet two prejudices restrain them two things only two one very little the other very big what is the little thing pain pain can that be of importance at such a moment of the greatest there are two sorts those who kill themselves either from great sorrow or from spite or being mad or no matter what they do it suddenly they think little about the pain but kill themselves suddenly but some do it from reason they think a great deal why are there people who do it from reason very many if it were not for superstition there would be more very many all what all he did not answer But aren't there means of dying without pain? Imagine, he stopped before me, imagine a stone as big as a great house. It hangs and you are under it. If it falls on you, on your head, will it hurt you? A stone as big as a house? Of course it would be fearful. I speak not of the fear. Will it hurt? A stone as big as a mountain, weighing millions of tons? Of course it wouldn't hurt but really stand there and while it hangs you will fear very much that it will hurt the most learned man the greatest doctor all all will be very much frightened every one will know that it won't hurt and every one will be afraid that it will hurt well and the second cause the big one the other world you mean punishment that's no matter the other world only the other world are there no atheists such as don't believe in the other world at all again he did not answer you judge from yourself perhaps everyone cannot judge except from himself he said reddening there will be full freedom when it will be just the same to live or not to live that's the goal for all the goal but perhaps no one will care to live then no one he pronounced with decision man fears death because he loves life that's how i understand it i observed and that's determined by nature that's abject and that's where the deception comes in his eyes flashed life is pain life is terror and man is unhappy now all is pain and terror now man loves life because he loves pain and terror and so they have done according life is given now for pain and terror and that's the deception Now man is not yet what he will be. There will be a new man, happy and proud. For whom it will be the same to live or not to live, he will be the new man. He who will conquer pain and terror will himself be a god, and this god will not be. Then this god does exist, according to you? He does not exist, but he is. In the stone there is no pain, but in the fear of the stone is the pain. God is the pain of the fear of death, he who will conquer pain and terror will become himself a god then there will be a new life a new man everything will be new then they will divide history into two parts from the gorilla to the annihilation of god and from the annihilation of god to-to the gorilla to the transformation of the earth and of man physically man will be god and will be transformed physically and the world will be transformed and things will be transformed and thoughts and all feelings what do you think will man be changed physically then if it will be just the same living or not living all will kill themselves and perhaps that's what the change will be that's no matter they will kill deception everyone who wants the supreme freedom must dare to kill himself he who dares to kill himself has found out the secret of the deception there is no freedom beyond that is all and there is nothing beyond he who dares kill himself is god now every one can do so that there shall be no god and shall be nothing but no one has once done it yet there have been millions of suicides but always not for that always with terror and not for that object not to kill fear he who kills himself only to kill fear will become a god at once He won't have time perhaps i observed that's no matter he answered softly with calm pride almost disdain i'm sorry that you seem to be laughing he added half a minute later it seems strange to me that you were so irritable this morning and are now so calm though you speak with warmth this morning it was funny this morning he answered with a smile i don't like scolding and i never laugh he added mournfully yes you don't spend your nights very cheerfully over your tea i got up and took my cap you think not he smiled with some surprise why no i I, I don't know he was suddenly confused i know not how it is with the others and i feel that i cannot do as others everybody thinks and then at once thinks of something else i can't think of something else i think all my life of one thing god has tormented me all my life he ended up suddenly with astonishing expansiveness and tell me if i may ask why is it you speak russian not quite correctly surely you haven't forgotten it after five years abroad don't i speak correctly i don't know no it's not because of abroad i have talked like that all my life it's no matter to me another question a more delicate one i quite believe you that you're disinclined to meet people and talk very little why have you talked to me now to you this morning you sat so nicely and you but it's all no matter you are like my brother very much extremely he added flushing he has been dead seven years he was older very very much i suppose he had a great influence on your way of thinking no he said little he said nothing i'll give your note he saw me to the gate with a lantern to lock it after me of course he's mad i decided In the gateway, I met with another encounter. End of chapter three, section eight, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.